0: Um, so, if you haven't already figured it out from the reading, we are in the middle of a series where we are just kind of walking through uh, the 23rd Psalm, and it was written by King David in about 1000 BC, and so we just want to take the time to just kind of walk through it and understanding the meaning behind the words that have provided Uh, inspiration, and strength, really, for so many people, for generations, really. Um, However, you know, while the 23rd Psalm is a really nice idea, I think the question is, can it ever become a reality in my life, right? I mean, the problem is, by the time that we usually go to this psalm looking for strength, our world has already fallen apart. Because most of the time, we live out our lives just the opposite of this psalm, and we find it very hard to relate to the words of leading me beside quiet waters, right? Most of the time, we're living out our lives out of control. And so this morning I've decided to take a little bit of liberty with the psalm and rewrite it for you. And so I thought maybe this version of the psalm might sync up better with your reality. And so this is a little something I call the real 23rd Psalm. My schedule is my shepherd. I shall never slow down. It makes me lie down only when I'm watching TV at the end of a long day. It leads me into deep anxiety. It ignores my soul. It drives me to wake up in a frenzy for activity's sake. for even though I walk through the daily grind, I can never keep up. For my insecurities are always with me. My need for approval, it drives me. It demands perfection from me. It anoints my head with migraines. My inbox runneth over. Surely, pressure and frustration shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of discontent forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Sound familiar at all? Does this version of the psalm kind of ring more true to you than the biblical version? Now, I mean, we talk a lot about how our lives are, have somehow gotten out of control. But really, if you look at it, that's really a false statement because the truth is we have full control of who or what we put in control of our lives. We have full control over our schedules and how we plan. And according to Jesus, we have a choice. We can either put our faith in the stuff of this world and allow our Uh, allow the daily grind to dictate our lives until the bitter end. Or we can build a life where we wake up and we are spiritually alert. We become aware of our souls. We become aware of the necessity of having God in our lives. And we make the decision to go all in and follow Jesus. What's scary about this is that I would bet that there are a whole lot of us who don't believe that these two things are in conflict with each other. We really believe that we can do both, that somehow we can divide our hearts down the middle and we can have the stuff of earth and the stuff of God with a foot in both worlds, no problem. But as they say down in Texas, that dog don't hunt. So somehow... We've got to figure out how we're going to get ourselves off of the hamster wheel and allow God to be the shepherd of my life to the point that he can lead me beside quiet waters. One thing that I hope that we have all learned together is that the Christian life is not something that is clean and neat and organized. In fact, most of the time it is Messy, and I would even go as far as to say that it is seldom easy, at least from me. And I'm pretty sure that's why Jesus says narrow is the path that we take to follow him. Because so many of us never, ever make it. The truth is that most of us walk through the journey of this life oblivious to what path we're even on. We don't even give it any thought. We just allow life to carry us. And, and I think there is a disruption that has to take place in our lives that wakes us up to be able to see that there is something more than just this world, something more than just this daily grind. I mean, we get complacent we do our thing we do the same thing over and over again every day day in day out we check our emails we check our Facebook we get a few things done before picking the kids up from school or practice we're checked out we allow our schedules to dictate who we are and we mindlessly go through our days which by the way become years and before long, you look up from behind the wheel and you go, "How did I get here?" The word disruption means to interrupt or throw something into a state of disorder in order to, uh, in an effort to prevent normal or expected functioning. And in this case, we're talking about disrupting the daily grind of your life. And God wants you to disrupt you in an effort to prevent you from normal or expected functioning. In other words, stop going through the motions of doing what we've always done, doing things the way that we've always done it, and learn a new way of life. The life that God designed you to live. The more we disrupt ourselves, the more we redefine ourselves, the more distance that we can put between our old way of life and what God is leading us and the life that God is leading us into, the more we can have a life like what is described in the Psalms. A life where he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Has a beautiful life. And when it says that he leads me, it's implying one thing, right? That we're following. That we're close behind. And so we can honestly say that when he leads me, I end up in the coolest places. I end up hanging out where in the grass's greenest pasture. Ain't no grass any greener than this grass. He leads me to chill out by quiet waters. When he leads me, I get to walk down paths of righteousness and stay away from paths of destruction. When he leads me, he restores my soul back to where it was originally designed by God to be so that now that I am freed up to be who I really am, my real self, the person God designed me to become from the very beginning of time when I was knit together in my mother's womb. So if that is the way life should be, Beautiful and energizing and strengthening. And why the heck are we so worn down? Why are we just dredging through this life, tired and frustrated, and living completely exhausted? Here's my theory He may be leading. But we ain't following. When we're not fully living in God, then we are fully living the opposite of the way that God designed us to live. And we are, in essence, at war with God. And before you blow that off and say, look, I'm not at war with God. Before you blow that off, Just listen to the words of James when he says, Do you not know that friendship with the world means hostility towards God? So whoever decides to embrace the world makes himself God's enemy. It's the old cliche of whoever is not for me is against me. If we are blindly living out our days, life as usual, according to the world, through the daily grind, We're at war with God. There's no getting around it. I mean, look, if you believe that you were created by God in the image of God, if we can just start from that premise, all right, then you also have to believe that God designed us to live out our lives a particular way. Can we agree with that thesis? So those things that the Bible calls sin are not things that God makes up just to, like, be a joy buster and ruin all your pleasure. The things that Bible calls sin are those things that go against God's intention of what makes us tick. So, for instance, God designed sex to be within the context of marriage. He designed it to be this beautiful connection between a husband and... And a wife to be restorative and intimate and something that empowers your relationship and never cheapens it. And so when we decide to have sex outside of the context of marriage, we are fighting God's design. And most of the time, people are getting hurt. And sex is just one example of many things in the Bible where the Bible lays it out and says, don't do these things. And again, he's not saying don't do these things because he doesn't want you to have a great life. He's saying don't do these things because I want you to have a great life. I want you to live life as I designed it. Being at war with God is exhausting. Everyone around us becomes collateral damage and eventually it will all come crashing down on us. And so when David says that when he leaves me, he restores my soul, what he is saying is that he is leading us back to the way that it should be, or restoring us back to the life that God designed us to live. The Apostle Peter, in the book of Acts, was talking to a group of people in chapter 3, and he says to them, he says, look, the time for ignorance is over. You've already played that card. Repent then. Turn to God. So that your sins may be removed. And times of refreshing may come from the presence of God in your life. I love that. Peter says, wake up and see what's real in this world. Stop living with blinders on and pleading ignorance. And realize that what that's doing is we are living a life of sin. A lot of us are in denial about the fact that we're living a life of sin. If we're not following God's will, and we could be mature Christians, and we may say, well, I'm not doing this or this or this, but if we're living against God's will, it's still sin. Anything that goes against God's design is keeping us from experiencing the presence of God, which... Sucks the life out of us. What's more is, it is a burden and it weighs us down and no wonder we're all exhausted when we're carrying around, lugging around all that baggage everywhere. Peter says, you want to get freed up? You want to get freed up from your past? You want to get freed up from the way that you've been living? You want to get freed up from the bondage of the stuff that you've been falling prey to? Repent. Repent. That word sometimes has a negative connotation because we hear like a preacher out on the street corner saying repent or die or whatever, but repentance in its purest form, if you translate that word from the Greek in the New Testament, it's the word metanoia. And it means to change my mind. When I repent of something, I begin to change my mind about the way that I am Living about the way that I see my life, I begin to understand that living my life against God is a problem. It's dragging me down and I'm following the wrong stuff and I need to change. It is then that we come to the realization that my life is headed in the wrong direction. So when I repent, I change who it is that is in control of my life. I disrupt myself. I make the change from me being the one in the driver's seat, which drives me away from God, to now putting God in control so that I am now able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm following him. And wherever he leads me, I'm going there. Repentance means you get freed up from all the stuff that Holds you back from becoming the person God created you to be from the beginning of time. It means that God is now free to restore my soul back to its original design so that I am no longer enemies with God, but instead I am now walking down the narrow path, following God every step of the way. And Peter says that if we have authentic repentance, if we can get freed up through repentance, then it brings a time of refreshing. And when you translate that from the Greek, it means that we recover our breath. We're finally able to catch our breath. We're finally able to stop. And it says that it brings revival. It revives us. Another way to say that is it restores our soul. See the connection there between the Psalms? Peter is channeling his best King David some thousand years later. And he says, Look, repentance clears the way for us to live in the presence of God, that where we were once living against Him. Repentance allows God to restore us to the way it should be. The Bible is clear. That we were created in the image of God. That we were designed to be in relationship with God. But somewhere down the line, we got lost. We lost touch with the spiritual side of our life. We lost our true self. And when that happens, we spend the rest of our lives trying to put a square peg in a round hole. In other words, we spend our lives trying to cram the world into a life that was designed to be filled by God. Not by the stuff of this world. And so it doesn't work. Life doesn't work. When you find your way back to the person that you were created to be from the beginning, it changes everything. Michelangelo used to say as he was picking out the slab of marble that he would use to create his next statue that God had already created the statue and it was his job just to get rid of the excess marble so that you could just see what it was. And I believe it's the same way with us God has already created us in his image. He's already created us to be the person that we are to become. And the only way that we can discover who that is, is through repentance. And beginning through repentance, we can carve away all of the junk of our lives that is built up over the years and keep whittling away at it until we finally get down to the core of our soul. And that, that is when we find the essence of who we really are. The limiting factor of how much we grow spiritually will be to the extent that we are willing to disrupt our old way of life and fully create a new self that is who I was created to be in the first place. feel lost and you feel like you don't know who you are, feel like you're kind of without direction and without purpose, kind of floundering around, the genius of our life becomes when I fully understand who it is that God created me to be, and I find the strength to stand up and I become that person. And all of a sudden, when that happens, I can catch my breath again. For the first time in a long time, when I'm living in God's design, I realize that I don't have time not to go chill out by quiet waters and curl up with the scriptures and spend time in prayer and find my rhythm and allow my soul to be restored feed the spiritual side of my life. Can you find the courage to disrupt your life the way that it's always been and decide to do something different? To allow God to restore your soul and live your life the way God designed you to live. I want to follow God so closely That if he stops real quick, I'm going to bump right into him. I want to live my life in the shadow of Jesus. And if we can do that, it'll change everything. I want to close by just reading my favorite passage of scripture from the Bible that I think says the same thing in a different way. In Isaiah chapter 40, it says this Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. And he will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And even young ones grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those, those who hope in the Lord they will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles, they will run, not grow weary, they will walk and never be faint. There's no question that he wants to lead me. The only question is, am I going to follow